Amen. You are not leaving the house looking like that. Young lady, get right back in your room and put something else on. You are not going out looking like that. Look at the person next to you and say, you are not leaving the house looking like that. Now look at the person on your left and tell them the same thing. Boy, you guys sound a lot nicer than my mother did when I was a teenager and she told me that. <clears throat> How many have heard that from your mom when you were younger? You're not leaving the house looking like that. This morning, we're going to talk about what we need to look like in the spiritual realm when we leave the house. When we were babies, we were dressed by our parents. When we were toddlers, we began to try to choose our own outfits, and most times our parents would let us. When we became teens, whew, we were told you are not leaving the house looking like that. When you become a parent of a daughter, you then are told, Mom, go back to your room and change. That doesn't match. <laughs> yes, I have experienced that. My daughter is out on her own now, so thank God I can leave the house looking any way I want. But I would get lectured by her. But we're talking this morning about not clothing, but spiritual clothing. On any given morning, if my husband can't find me, <clears throat> on the stool, stressing over what to wear. That is a true story. See, I'm telling a story about myself right now, not somebody else. I gave myself permission to tell that story. I'm sitting on this little stool. When we moved into this house, I think that stool was in the closet. I have no idea why there'd be a stool in the closet. But I decided to use it to sit on when I'm staring at the same clothes that are hanging on that hook day after day. And most times, I decide on the same outfit. But I want to talk to you this morning about making sure we are dressed with the armor of God. Not our own armor of anxiety and discouragement, defeat, anger, fear. We put those things on ourselves. We put them on us. We allow the devil to put them on us. God is saying, no, I have something else for you. But we continually put on those same old clothes. We sit on the stool and instead of seeing the armor of God hanging on this side of the closet, we, he, we see the same old clothes on that side of depression and anxiety and doubt and fear. Ephesians 6, we're going to read from verses 10 to 18. There's a little feedback up here. I don't know if you guys can hear that. It's a little distracting if we could pop that out. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Full armor. Keep that word full in mind. For our strong authorities, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when, not if, you may be able to stand your ground. And after having done everything to stand, to continue standing. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. There's a lot of stuff in that portion of scripture. I wrote a devotion for Thursday that went out. If you're on our email list, you, you would have received that. And my husband read that and said, would you expound more on that on Sunday? And it's really been something that's been marinating in my heart, just thinking about the full armor of God. We have very good friends of ours from out of state, and they have told us on more than one occasion that they pray every single morning for my husband and I, and they dress us with the full armor of God. When they told us that, that brought us such comfort. Like, wow, God, you are putting us on the heart of a friend that lives out of state, we stay connected with, but we don't see them often, and you have put on their heart to pray every single piece of armor on our bodies every single morning. So, you know, thinking about that, kind of convicted me thinking I should be putting that on. I should be taking the time to do that. Have you ever walked up to a restaurant hungry and ready to enter and you see the sign on the door, proper dress required, and you look down and you don't have the proper dress? This happens in beach communities sometimes. You're dressed to go to the beach and then you want to go grab a bite and you go to a restaurant and it says proper dress required. You may or may not have to go find another restaurant to eat in, depending on how you're dressed. Maybe you're dressed for success this morning. Maybe you're all decked out this morning. Maybe you're dressed to kill. Where do these phrases come from? Dressed to the nines. I had to look that up. I said to my husband, what does that even mean? I know it. You know, sometimes we say things, we don't even know what they mean. It means fashionable, formal, smartly dressed, elegant, or fancy. So some of you here are dressed to the nines this morning. We need to be dressed for battle. Battle, people. We are in a battle. This morning, we are in a battle. Tomorrow morning, the battle rages and continues. As long as we are breathing on this planet, we will be walking into, out of, or in the middle of a battle. And so we need to be dressed for battle. We need to be dressed for success. You want success in the battle, God's success? We need to be dressed for battle. And that proper dress is the full armor of God. In verses 14 to 17, the pieces of armor are listed. We just said them. Belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And then verse 18 further tells us to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. In other words, put your battle gear on, but pray. 
We need to pray. That is a weapon that God has given us. Praise, prayer, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, these are weapons that he's provided. But if we don't take up the arms, we're not going to be very powerful. We've got to put on that armor. Notice the word therefore in verse 13. It's a hint that we need to read the previous verses. And in those previous verses, 10 through 12, Paul lets us know that we need to be prepared to take your stand against the devil's schemes. The struggle is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You can't see them, but they are around you. They are happening. The enemy is out to deceive, to destroy, to ultimately get you to walk away from God. If you don't believe that, I don't know what Bible you're reading. My Bible says the enemy comes to kill, steal, destroy. If you are hearing negativity in your mind, that is the devil. That is not God. If you are feeling guilty and awful and dirty and filthy, that is condemnation of the devil. If you are feeling drawn to God, even in your sin, that is conviction. The Bible says his kindness leads us to repentance. He doesn't beat you over the head. That's the devil that does that. He says, no, you'll never be forgiven of that sin. God says, no, 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 come to me. If you're weary and heavy laden, I want to give you rest. I want to forgive you of your sin. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We take time to make sure we're properly dressed for work, school. Maybe some people have uniforms they have to wear for certain jobs. For the beach, you're not going to wear a turtleneck. Sometimes you go on the beach, and I wish some of these girls had turtlenecks on, honestly. <laughs> Dress for church, restaurant, gym, wedding. There's, there's an outfit for all of those things, right? You're not going to go to a wedding in a bathing suit. You're not going to go to the beach in this evening wear. You're going to wear what is fitting. So what is fitting for us when we open our door and go out the front door? What is fitting is the armor of God. If you're trying to combat the battles in your own flesh, you will not get very far. As a matter of fact, you will get thrown backwards, and you will feel defeated and like a failure. Get this armor on. If you take time to put on the full armor of God, he will be with you every step throughout your day, and you will make it through your day in victory. Now, that doesn't mean you make it through your day and every battle is done, every challenge is done. Every difficulty is gone. It just means you get through that day in victory, having done all to stand. And at the end of the day, you are standing. The battles are real, and they may last longer than you'd prefer, but you'll still end your day in victory and in your heart and in your spirit. So number one in verse 14, let's look at the belt of truth. So the belt of truth was named after the leather belt with an apron that hung in front of the Roman soldier's waist and lower abdomen. See, what I love about the armor of God, Paul is using something that the people would understand, that, that, that would make sense to them. And you'll find that in the Bible, all through the Bible. Examples are used for people to, if you're a shepherd, there were examples about being a shepherd. In this day, people knew what the Roman soldiers looked like, their battle gear that they had on. So Paul is using this to give us a good glimpse of what this would have looked like. Small brass plates were attached to the apron to provide the greatest possible protection. When preparing for battle, the belt would have been the first piece of protective equipment put on by a soldier. 
It, she, this is probably a message you're going to want to listen to several more times. She is one that texts my husband and I and says, I listen to your messages a few times a week. This is one you want to listen to again when you get a chance to do that, to really refresh these pieces of armor and what they mean and how they were constructed. It clung closely to the soldier and shielded some of the most vulnerable ears of his body. The belt prepares one to be ready for action. How many of us know we can barely get out the front door of our home in the morning when we are faced with something? Immediately. It could be uh, a phone call. It could be maybe leaving something behind in your home that is really causing a struggle. But to have this belt on, it is showing that you are ready for action. Belts were used to tie up the garments so they would not get in the way while fighting. To have the belt of truth buckled around your waist means you're prepared. And Christians always need to be ready to defend themselves against the powers of darkness and not be caught unaware. Not be caught unaware. There are plenty of scriptures that prepare us that the devil is on the prowl. He is looking for a man or a woman to devour, not just wound, devour. We cannot be caught unaware. You can be prepared in every circumstance by making certain that you are a person of truth. Put on that belt of truth. The truth means, this includes knowing the good news about Jesus and explaining why you believe in him. There might be opportunities that you have through the day that you can explain to someone why you believe in Jesus. It also includes living as a person of integrity. This is, a, this is, this is needed in today's society in Christianity. I'm not talking about the secular. I'm talking about in Christianity. Integrity. As someone who is honest and trustworthy. Honest and trustworthy, a person of integrity. Put that belt of truth around your waist. And then when you go to try to do something that isn't a man or woman or integrity, and you might try to do a little white lie or a little gray area or a little something over here that's not quite right, you have that belt of truth on. You're going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit convicting you. And then we need to be obedient. 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. Number two, let's look at the breastplate of righteousness in verse 14. So the breastplate of righteousness, the Roman soldier would have fastened the breastplate around his chest. There were two, times, two types of breastplates that were constructed. The first was fashioned by joining several broad curved metal bands together using leather straps. These breastplates were constructed to be very, very strong. The second was a type of chain mail constructed by linking small metal rings together until they formed a vest. Protection was the ultimate need going into battle. And the purpose of the breastplate was to protect the soldier's vital organs. Now think about that spiritually your spiritual vital organ, the heart, the heart. If he failed to wear his breastplate, an arrow could easily reach his chest, piercing his heart or his lungs. 
In Isaiah 59, it says the Lord puts on righteousness as a breastplate, and he goes to battle against injustice and corruption, restoring peace and order in the land. God offers his own righteousness to every believer in Jesus Christ. If you are a believer here this morning, he is offering to you his breastplate of righteousness. If you are not believer this morning yet, we admonish you, just give your life to Jesus. You give your life to Jesus and he will begin to make ways in your life that you never thought possible. He will begin to fill you with peace that you have never experienced before. You will begin to understand the word of God like never before. Righteousness is not something that anyone can gain by doing good deeds. If you are trying to earn God's love and favor and a place in heaven by doing good things, that is the wrong way to get to heaven. That is the wrong way to find God's favor. We all need to be doing things for God. That's why this church is here. The floors are vacuumed, the light bulbs are changed, the messages are prepared, the worship team practices. The workers are in the nursery, so there is a need for people to do things, but that's not what gains your righteousness. That is from God alone. Titus 3.5 says he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. So putting on the breastplate of righteousness means a few things. It means that you believe in Jesus and his righteousness, not your own. That you can put that on because you know you need the righteousness of God. Galatians 2.20, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Standing firm against injustice and corruption, we mentioned. Hebrews 1.9 says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. The third one, knowing that God promises his protection against the forces of evil for those who have faith in Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. You hear said from this pulpit dozens and probably hundreds of times a year, get in the word of God. Get in the word of God. If you are not reading the word of God, if I'm not reading the word of God, I don't know his promises. You don't know his promises. What are you standing on if you don't know the promises of God? We sing that, that, that old, old hymn, standing, standing, standing on the promises. But I think some people sing it and they don't even know what the promises are. Get in the word of God to know what those promises are. Number three, feet prepared with the gospel of peace. Just that word. Everybody say peace. peace. Just the word peace gives peace. Feet prepared with the gospel of peace in verse 15. Marching was an essential part of a soldier's life. And no soldier could march very far without sturdy shoes. So the Roman soldier's shoes were fashioned from thick leather and studded through the soles with what's called hobnails. Hobnails are short heavy-headed na heavy nails used to reinforce the soles of the boots. And what happened was the studded soles enabled the soldier to stand firm. 
Sometimes women that wear heels and stuff, they're, they're kind of hard. Sometimes I, I can't wear heels much anymore. But sometimes I see people wearing these such high heels and they can hardly walk. I'm like, just don't wear those shoes because you look really awkward. I don't, it's just a thing I don't get. And sometimes heels can be a little slippery. But these soles on the Roman soldiers' shoes enabled them to stand firm. Do you want to stand firm in the time of battle? I know we feel like we're wavering. I get that. Some days are harder than others. But if you get up in the morning in your time with God and you put these shoes on to prepare your feet with the gospel of peace, you will stand steady in the day of battle. And your feet will not slip. Without these shoes, a Roman soldier could not maintain his position against his enemies. The gospel of peace is the good news that we can have peace with God. Before Jesus, we wanted to live for ourselves. We didn't care about God's plan. But hopefully when we become Christians, now we want to live for God. We were in conflict but God loves us and made a way of being reconciled with him and living in peace. A couple of other uses of the word peace. Absence of conflict among Christians. Hmm. We could park it there for a minute. Absence of conflict among Christians. The Lord wants believers to live in peace and unity with one another. John 13, 35 says, by this everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. If you're a Christian and in your workplace they know it, but you're gossiping about people, you are damaging your witness for the Lord because you are not loving. Romans 12, 18, if it is at all possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In other words, do the best that you can to live at peace. We understand there are situations where the other person might not be ready to come to the table and talk about things, but you do the best that you can. That's what God is requiring. Another use of the word peace, it's the absence of worry. This peace is the confidence that God has everything under control. So it doesn't matter what's happening around you right now. God has everything under control. Either we believe that or we don't. You cannot believe in a God that only sometimes is in control. If we're going to believe God, let's believe that he is in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Isaiah 26.3 says, <clears throat> You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you because he trusts in you. If you choose to fill your mind with garbage all the time, garbage TV, garbage music, garbage lies from the devil, then don't expect God to fill your mind with perfect peace. It says it in his word. He'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind on him. Sometimes we gotta go, come back here, mind. Come back here and put it right back on God. Isaiah 54, 17, I love this scripture. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Now, the key to this scripture is this, in, 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 in my opinion. No weapon that is fashioned against you. 
there are weapons that will be fashioned against you and me. That is reality. But they can't succeed. They can't succeed. If you are living righteously before the Lord, if you are living according to his word, if you are getting this armor on every time you leave your house, those weapons cannot succeed against you. Number four, the shield of faith in verse 16. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So again, we see the flaming arrows are going to come. And sometimes they're going to come in rapid succession. You just barely can keep up with them in your prayer life. But if you have that shield of faith up in front of you, those fiery darts are not going to penetrate those protected parts of your spiritual man. The shield of faith was made from goat skin or calf skin, stretched over sturdy pieces of wood. The Roman shield stood four feet tall. I'm about 5'5", five five, so would this be about four feet? Right, a little lower? So that, that's quite a shield, and, and three feet wide. Iron rims were fitted along the top and bottom edges, and an iron circle was attached to the center of the shield. The sides were curved inward, and the leather strap was fastened to the shield's back. Now listen to this. Before going into battle, Roman soldiers would drench in water their leather-covered shields. When the fiery arrows of their enemies struck these soaked shields, the flames were immediately extinguished. Soldiers could put their shields together to have more protection. The shield of faith is the Christian's protection against temptation against temptation. Whenever we trust that God will provide everything we need, the spiritual forces of evil cannot tempt us with the lie. It will tempt you, but it can't tempt you with the lie that sin can provide a better life than God. If you're thinking, and this is why so many people leave God, and it's so sad, if you're thinking the world has more to offer than God, you're looking at God through the, through the wrong lens. And you're not a person of the word, I can guarantee you that. If you're thinking the world has more to offer and that you can't have fun serving God, let me tell you, my husband and I, we have great friends, out of state, in state. We have really good ministry friends. And one in particular I'm thinking of, when we get together with them, all we do is laugh. And I remember years ago, many, many years ago, we were out at a restaurant together with them, and we were all laughing so hard, it was just absolutely ridiculous. And there was not a stitch of liquor on that table. And I remember the, the, um, the, one of the people that we were with explaining to the waiter, you know, just, you know, we're, this is just the joy of the Lord. Because obviously the waiter, no, I ain't serving him no liquor. Why are they so silly and goofy and how are they having so much fun? If you think liquor gives you fun, it is a lie. Because when that wears off, what do you have? But the mistakes you probably made the night before while you were drinking, the false sense of peace you had while you were drinking, all of that's gone and you wake up with your same miserable self. 
I want peace and joy that lasts no matter what. And that can only come through God. Look back at verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Through faith, all the flaming arrows of the evil one, every temptation, every distraction that the enemy hurls your way can be stopped. The secret, you've got to hold it up. You've got to put it up in front of you. When faced with sincere faith in God, the powers of darkness are overcome. When you walk into this place on a Sunday or a Wednesday, or you put your music on at home, worship music to listen to, and you begin to praise the Lord, he inhabits that praise. He lives in that praise. He literally sets up residence in your praise. We really need to understand that. That's something we talk about with women of Judah, with Judah Conference Liberia, with Judah Conference Africa. This is what we're talking about. The praises of his people cause him to come and take up residence there. I want God to live where I am. I want him to live in my praise. So even in the battle, even in the struggle, even when you're ready to give up, praise him anyway. Praise him in the storm anyway. 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. 2 Samuel twenty two thirty one. as for God, his way is perfect. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. Number five, the helmet of salvation. Verse 17, the Roman soldier's helmet was fastened from bronze or iron. The two hinged cheek pieces protected the sides of the soldier's face. For the sake of comfort, the soldiers would frequently line their helmets with sponge or felt. The soldier's helmet protected his skull and neck from enemy weapons and from falling debris. This helmet of salvation, for us, points to God's ultimate victory over the forces of evil. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead provide all believers with freedom from the bondage of sin and with eternal life with God in heaven, the helmet of salvation. When you put on this helmet of salvation, you have the assurance that Jesus has saved you, not because of good deeds, but because of his great mercy. When you put on the helmet of salvation... You will know that every believer is a new creation, no longer living for selfish purposes, but living for the Lord. When you put on the helmet of salvation, you accept that you are in a battle and will be persecuted for believing in Christ. But keep the faith, you will be blessed. When you put on that helmet of salvation, you look forward to being delivered into eternal life. And when you put on that helmet of salvation, you know that God will forgive you when you fail and ask for forgiveness. Isaiah 59, 17, the Lord put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 says, but since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled. 
putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. And another thing I, I was thinking about the helmet of salvation, it protects our minds. How many times a day are we attacked in our minds, <clears throat> in our thoughts? What's, 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 what's going over and over and over again in our minds? And we put on that helmet of salvation, and it protects us from those lies of the devil. He just comes at us with these things constantly, but that helmet of salvation can protect our mind. And lastly, number six, the sword of the spirit. I love this piece of equipment. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is the word of God. It is the only offensive weapon mentions in Ephesians 6. The belt, the breastplate, the shoes, the shield, and the helmet were defensive to protect against the enemy. This is for us to defeat the enemy. Amen. The sword of a Roman soldier was a little more than two feet long <clears throat> and crafted from iron. Blacksmiths would harden the blade of the sword by covering the red-hot iron with coal dust. The coal dust formed a hard carbon coating on the blade. Sword handles could be made from iron, ivory, bone, or wood. In battle, rows of Roman soldiers pressed back their enemies one step at a time by forcing their shields forward, using their swords to advance. The blade was held flat and parallel to the ground. That tells me we need to be doing something. We need to be lifting up the word of God. We need to be speaking the word of God, going forward with the word of God because the sword was de designed to defeat and kill, ultimately, the enemy. The word of God has more than one meaning. Number one, it means the gospel. This is the message of salvation. This is the message of salvation through Jesus Christ the word of God. It is the good news that Jesus came to save us and give us an abundant life so that we can live, or live forever with the Lord who loves us. Romans 10.9 says this, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Another meaning is the Bible, the word of God, the Bible. And this is super, super, super important. When Jesus was tempted by the devil in Matthew chapter 4, he used Bible verses to answer and the devil left him. So think about that. Jesus himself, God's son, he was perfect. Even in the body of a man, he was perfect. And every single time the devil came at him, he used the word of his father, the word of God. And I'm going to read that quickly in Matthew 4, verses 1 to 10. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and he had him stand on the highest point of the temple. 
If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Take note, the devil used God's word against Jesus. The devil knows God's word, but he'll twist it. And he was twisting it even to Jesus, saying, throw yourself down. The angels are going to pick you up anyway. But Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Don't try to defeat the enemy without the word of God. When you use the word of God and his promises for you as a believer, the devil has no choice but to leave. He doesn't have any choice because the word of God is more powerful than any lie that the enemy can tell you. That's why it's so important to be reading your Bible. Here are, here are a few God will help you. How do we know that? How is that a promise? Isaiah 41.10 tells us, so don't fear for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a promise. God will help us. Another promise. God will always be with us. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's a promise in the word, but we've got to read it to know it. How about this promise? God helps us when we're tempted. Oh, you don't know the things I'm tempted with. I can't. I, I fall every time. That's a lie of the enemy. You don't have to fall every time. If you get in the word and know his promises, Josh, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure. What is the way out? Living in the word so you know his promises. Putting on that full armor of God so you can stand against those schemes of the enemy. And lastly, in this portion in Ephesians 6, Paul tells us in verse 18, pray in the spirit on all occasions and all kinds of prayers and requests pray pray and pray some more when you think you can't pray anymore pray some more anyway it's not enough to be dressed for the battle you've got to be willing to fight to put on the armor and press in during your battle you've got to pray your way through speak the word of god with power through your through your battle advance forward and don't retreat Psalm 78, 9 says, the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They didn't keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. So in other words, don't just put on that armor and think you can just go live your own way and, and run in the other direction from the battle. 
Come on. We are soldiers and ambassadors of the living God, and he has given us the full armor. Don't just put part of it on. We need all of it, the full armor of God, so that we can advance through this battle. So how many of you, without raising your hand, would, if we asked this question or made this statement, you are not leaving the house looking like that, did you have your armor on this morning? I, I'm talking to myself, too. I can tell you that any man or woman of God that stands behind this pulpit, Pastor Richard, Pastor Mike, Pastor Tara, myself, guest speakers, we are not preaching anything to you that we're not preaching to ourselves. We need it. I need it. The Lord is showing me this, the armor of God. Every day, putting that on. Every day, taking that time to put those pieces on. I want to read that list for you again. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. The feet prepared with the gospel of peace. The shield of faith the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Let's stand. Tara, if you could come, and the team. We don't call people to the altar because it makes us feel good. We don't call people to the front for our benefit. We call people to the front for your benefit, to set up a place where you are meeting with God and you are responding to the message that has been ministered to you from the word of God. We want to see you dressed in armor. And we're gonna sing a song and I'm gonna ask those of you, and you're gonna pray for yourself we had prayer this morning over those that needed it. But sometimes we need to call forward and just say, okay, you come and pray this over you. If you feel like you need a refresher course or a beginner's course in the full armor of God, if you feel that you need to learn how to get yourself dressed for battle, I want you to come forward to the altar. right now. Thank you. If you need to put that armor of God on your spiritual man to go face the challenges in your life, I want you to come forward. If you did not put on your armor this morning, I want you to come forward. You can stand there and lie to yourself, but you cannot lie to the Lord. I know that not 95% of this church this morning put the armor of God on, but that's okay. Those that are coming forward know what they need, and I believe God will meet us here this morning to put on that helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, 
the feet prepared with the gospel of peace and the sword of the spirit. If you need to learn how to get into the word of God and hold up that sword of the spirit more in your life, I want you to come forward. We're going to sing a song and we're going to pray. Those of you that need to leave, feel free to do that quietly. Please keep this a sanctuary of prayer. Please don't start conversations in here. Take them out there. We want to make this a place of prayer. As soon as I pray over you, I'm going to go stand right down in the front because some of my armor is a little loose and I got to learn how to tighten it up before I leave my house. Father, we pray this morning that those that are around this altar, those that have taken a step of faith, those that are not ashamed to come forward and say, yeah, I need help with my armor. Those that have come and said, yes, I need help knowing how to hold up that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I need to know how to use the word of God more powerfully in my life to thwart the enemy when I go into battle. God, I pray for every person, young and old, male and female, at this altar, that you would speak to them today. You would strengthen them. You would encourage them. If they were dressed this morning in garments of discouragement, negativity, defeat, anxiety, fear, they would learn today how to change their clothes, how to get a new wardrobe, how to put on the full armor of God, that they could stand against the enemy every time he comes against them, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, for the blood of Jesus that we can plead over our lives, over our families, over our homes. And we pray that today there would be change in our wardrobe. Change in our wardrobe. We would get rid of the old clothes and we would put on the full armor of God this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Let's just do a song. If you're here, just continue to pray and just believe God to meet you right where you are today. Amen.